You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you inspiration and resources to help you discover and live from your truest self. Follow along on social media at Collected Workshops and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and to learn more. Welcome to episode 17 of The Collected Podcast. I'm Tia McNelly. I'm Michaela Hooper. And I'm Jess Biondo. And And I am also your interviewee for today. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. Uh, Jess, you killed it, man. Oh, thanks. I was really nervous for days. Um, I know how our guests feel, although our guests are rock stars, so they probably don't actually feel that nervous. Um, It's interesting. I've heard feedback from a few guests mm -hmm. of how impactful this is on their end. And now... I've experienced it. You've experienced it. Michaela, you get to experience it I soon. do. I do. Well, and in preparing for the interview, you know, we recorded it pretty early in the year. It was two days after my 32nd birthday, you know, 14 days into January. So I had already been in a very reflective mode with the yeah, new right. year and a, a new birth year. Um and so then preparing for this, I did a lot of praying. And I mean, I journaled pages. And I think I covered like two things that I thought I would get to. Mm. Um, so as you listen to this, my prayer is that these two things were from the Holy Spirit. Like, Yeah, I know they were. Yeah, it was definitely. It was powerful. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, let's let you listen to it for yourselves. Here is our, our interview with Jess. Enjoy. Yes, it's your turn. It's my turn. I'm a little bit nervous. It's okay. Are you? Yeah, but I've been praying about this a lot and really just seeking the Lord about what I'm supposed to say. Mm-hmm. Because I, you know, I ask the questions and I do the interviews and we're doing this thing. But I feel like with so many of our guests, they're already at a point of arrival mm-hmm. where they've mm-hmm. written the book or done the thing or spoken at the thing or, you know, whatever their thing is. And I feel like I'm still so much in process. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know things I'm passionate about and I'm learning more about who I am, but I haven't arrived at any point. I think you have more than you give yourself credit Maybe. For. Maybe. By the, but I true. also know that there is something extraordinary on your life. Yes. Thank you. And I know you and I have been talking about that, um, especially in the past year about stepping into that more. Yeah. But before we get to, to that point, let's back up a little bit, Jess. Tell us a little bit about your beginnings, about your family, about your faith beginnings, all yeah. that good stuff. Yeah. Well, I have great parents, um, great family. Amen. I give that an amen. Yeah, they're, amen. they're good. My dad's going to be on the podcast Yay! Um, pretty soon here. He's awesome. But speaking of my awesome dad, because I had such a solid father who just loved me well um it's always been easy for me to believe in the love of the heavenly father Mm -hmm. um but i think on the flip side of that for most of my life i didn't have to rely in my mind i believed i didn't need god as much because i had everything i needed Mm -hmm. like growing up my parents loved me so well and taught me so well that I realized later on, you know, I started to realize in college that whenever something happens in my life and I'm struggling or I'm in need, I immediately turn to man mm-hmm. because 
they're faithful to me and they love me and they support me, which is so wonderful. I'm not knocking that at all. You mean by man, you mean people. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Human. Human. Yeah. Um, And so I came to this point in my walk with the Lord where um, I think I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but after college, I moved to Mexico and um, I was teaching there for two years. And while I was there, that's the first time I felt so alone. Mm. And yes, my family was a phone call away and they would answer day or night. But I was alone in this foreign country where I sort of spoke the language, mas o menos. Um, and I had, you know, God blessed me with some great friends there, incredible friends who I'm so thankful for. But so many of those nights, just being a single woman there, with, you know, without a, a U.S. phone, I didn't have a car. Like I felt so stuck mm-hmm. and alone sometimes, and powerless to be able to get the things I needed. Like if I needed groceries, I had to ask somebody to take me to the store, and that was so out of my control. And it was the first time um, of really experiencing deep loneliness and learning what it means. Mm to be sustained by the Lord yeah. um, and not run to humans um, or my family or friends or, or for comfort. Yeah. Um, and it was in that time where I first discovered listening prayer. We had someone come and speak to our staff when I was um, living in Mexico down there. I worked with an organization called Back to Back and we did orphan care in Monterey, Monterey, Mexico. And um this couple came down and they spoke to us about listening and healing prayer. And that has just been a practice in my walk with the Lord that when I'm doing it faithfully, which to be honest is hit or miss. And I kind of forget about it until I remember that, oh yeah, this is really beneficial. I should be doing this. Um, But that has been such a huge practice of connecting with the Lord and getting my mind right and remembering who he is, who I am in him, and being able to operate out of that just in the stillness of being alone with him. Wow. Um, but it's that that solitude that I've always been afraid of mm. um, because in the solitude, <laughs> this is going to connect to the, we'll, we'll talk about the Enneagram a little bit today too. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm going to back up. If you don't know what the Enneagram is, Um, It's this personality typology system. There's nine numbers, and it's really the way, not so much like the way you or the world sees you, but the way you see the world. And what are your root motivations that are causing you to behave a certain way? And the masks you put on to protect yourself um, and the way that you respond out of that. So it's really a tool to help improve your Mm self-awareness, to help you reconnect with your true identity. And um, one author I read described it as finding your way home back to the person God created you to be. Um, So it's so much more than just like, oh yeah, I'm, you know, type A or I'm this. It's it's so much deeper and gets at why you do what you do. Mm -hmm. And so with that being said, I'm a two on the Enneagram. And that through the study of the Enneagram, I've realized that I am terrified of solitude. I can be alone all day if I'm busy. Right. You know, I can be, I live by myself now. I can be in my condo. I'm doing projects. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm watching Netflix. But if I stop everything and just sit, it is so hard for me mm-hmm. because in those moments, that's where I start to feel like I'm not enough. 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to be forgotten. I'm going to be like, I'm not doing anything for anybody right now. So how am I going to be worthy of people? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, Which through, is such a lie. Yeah. It's such a yeah. lie. Yeah. And it's in those times where I do take the time to be still and face that fear that the Lord has met me in such a sweet way um, and completely revolutionized my view of him and my view of myself. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I keep saying this practice of listening prayer. So if any of our listeners haven't heard of this or done this, I don't even know if I really do it right, but I'm going to tell you what I do. <laughs> um, first, I, I just close my eyes and I get rid of all the distractions. Like I kind of just lay them all out before the Lord. And this is also something similar to what we do at our collected workshops. Um, and I also just lay down any unrepentant sin so that it's like my mind is clear. And then I picture a, a safe place. And for me, it's always the same place. But if you're going to do this, I encourage you to picture somewhere where you are completely safe, somewhere you've actually been, or maybe it's just somewhere you picture in your mind. Um, for me, it's my parents' old house by our fireplace. The snow is falling outside. I have all my blankets, my warm beverage of choice. And I'm sitting there, and that's um, when I just welcome Jesus in. And I can picture him just sitting there with me. And that's when I'm just quiet. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I hear a word from him. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I just sit there and rest my head on his shoulder and know that I am enough Mm -hmm. without doing anything. And for me, like, you know, I'm a very confident person and I'm outgoing. But in my heart, it's like all of those things help me make sure that people love me. Yeah, because it's like if I stop doing things and people don't need me, then why would they want me is mm. is my lie that I have had to overcome in my life. Right. I'll tell you why, because you're incredible. Let me just say that out loud. Well, thank you. <laughs> but and and that, you know, I've, I've come through all this and the Enneagram was a huge tool for helping me realize these things about myself. Right. Um, for so long, I didn't I didn't even realize that this was going on. Um yeah. And so um, through the Enneagram, I realized, and it was like the the glasses came off. And, right. And I could just see clearly for the first time that so many of the things I was doing were in an effort to feel needed. And it was causing me to be inauthentic in so many ways. And so like it would even come out in relationships where mm. um, I would – you know, those of you who don't know, I'm single. Um, which, P.S., <laughs> I am the first single woman to be podcasted on this um, show. Are you? I am. I looked back. I was like, dang, we're not representing our single ladies. Hey. Um, so <laughs> you don't have to be married and have kids to um, be living out your identity and your purpose. That's right. Preach um, it. Preach. So anyway, I realized in my own relationships that... So many of them, I've dated lots of guys, plenty of dating experience, and they meet me, and I'm confident, and I'm, I, I don't know, something about them draws, about me draws them to me. Um, but then I get in the relationship, and this desire to be needed, like, overtakes me, mm. and it becomes this thing where I start to shift who I am to be what I think they need. Yeah. Um, which then, of course, 
I'm not the person they were initially attracted to and they kind of self-destructs. And, you know, so I've seen this cycle many times in my life. And this was the first time of realizing like, oh, yeah, I'm not being true to who God created me to be. Wow. And I just, I become this like half self Mm. in an effort to be what I think they need. And then how much pride is that? that I assume to know what they need, you know? So it's like that root sin of, I would have never called myself prideful. Um, but just seeing that like, oh, wow, I've had so much pride in my life Mm -hmm. of just assuming Mm -hmm. that my way is going to be the best or that I know what you need more than you do. And Mm -hmm. it's such a subconscious eyes on self situation. Oh yeah. Like Mm -hmm. I had no idea I was doing any of this until I turned 30 it's really, uh, <laughs> it's really, it's, until I turned 30. Like, um, it took me 30 years and, you know, the Enneagram to help me realize that. Amazing things happen yeah. in your 30s. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's interesting to me that the Lord has positioned you in different places uh, throughout your life where you've had to press in or mm-hmm. lean in to mm-hmm. being alone mm-hmm. yeah. in the physical to navigate some of those places in your heart mm-hmm. where He's like, I want to do something here because we there's some there's some lies or there's some perspectives that that I want to shift. Yeah, and so I got to position Jess to be a, alone in a sense in the physical, if you will. Yeah, to to get you to kind of press in and lean in to to the deeper things that he wants to do in your heart, which yeah. is hard. Like yeah. you were talking about Mexico, and I'm like dang like (laughs) you know that's hard when you have operated in such a way and like you said it wasn't bad like you've you've had amazing people in your life to walk Mm -hmm. with you and to provide for you and you can recognize God's blessing in that Mm -hmm. the flip side of it is that you may at times have relied so much on that yeah the the depth of your heart it's like it's not it hasn't fully been exposed if you will so he's like all right well I'm gonna position you elsewhere yeah to get you to lean in mm-hmm. so that I can uh, yeah. stir yeah. up some things in you. Yeah. Well, and I didn't even realize any of this. You know, I joked about like, it took me 30 years, but seriously, like I didn't realize I had issues until I turned 30. <laughs> My 20s were so outward focused. They were. And You spent time in Thailand? I Right? Yeah. I mean, I taught in Thailand and Nigeria and Namibia and I traveled to Kenya and mm-hmm. was on the board of like, the... Kenyan nonprofit that we've talked about a few times, the Kilgoris Project. And, um, you know, I taught in Mexico for the two years, like doing, doing, doing. Mm -hmm. And those things are so connected to my heart and my passion. And I have a heart um, for orphan care and for international education. You know, I got got my master's degree during that time. Mm -hmm. Like, it's exhausting saying it all. I know, I'm a little out of breath, actually. But I stayed so busy, and it it wasn't bad. Mm -hmm. Like, I was doing things I loved, and I was becoming who I am, and I was, you know, pouring out in the ways that God allowed me to. Like, he opened all these doors. Right, right? he directed you to all those places. He did, yes. All of those trips. I'm, I'm a teacher by trade, and so I have my summers off. And so every summer, God would just open a door to a new location. And, um... Yeah, so I've gotten to see so many things and and do so many things, and I'm so thankful for that. Mm -hmm. Um, But then when I was 29, I knew change was coming. Mm -hmm. 
if any of you knew me when I was 29, I, I just was so excited to be 30. I would tell people, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much 30, which who does that? Um, <laughs> but I did. And that spirit in my spirit was right because yeah. when I turned yep. 30, it was this immediate shift um, where all of a sudden I had to still myself. And, you know, these things I've shared, I begin, I began to realize about myself. And my word in um, 2018 for the year was rooted. Mm-hmm. And that call, um, Brene Brown in Braving the Wilderness says, living out of your wild heart rather, mm-hmm. than, rather than your weary heart, self Some, or heart or something. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's what I wanted, to yeah. remain rooted in who mm-hmm. I'm called to be and not to be swayed by other people's opinions or what I think other people need, but to be me. Yeah. And as I started to do that, doors started to open up like Mm -hmm. I had never experienced before Mm -hmm. um, with Collected and all of a sudden starting to slowly get this platform to share my voice and Mm -hmm. my story Mm -hmm. and be empowered to do that locally. Right. For so much of my life, I felt like I didn't really have good purpose unless I was out there, you know, traveling abroad in an exotic place. And so much of my identity was wrapped up in where I was when I was living in Mexico as a missionary. Like that was my identity. I'm a missionary. And then I moved to Charlotte and it was this identity crisis of, well, I'm not a missionary and I'm in a new place and I don't, you know, I'm teaching and I love teaching. So I got to keep traveling. Because if I'm not, you know, planning for a trip or I can't tell someone about a trip, then how is my life going to matter? What's interesting about me? Yeah. yeah. Like mm. all my friends, you know, back home are talking about their marriages and their babies and I can talk about my trips. Like that mm. was my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will always be part of my life. Right? Sure. Because, you know, you get the bug and you just, you can't stop at some point. Right. But that is no longer my identity. Mm-hmm. Um to the point where, you know, I think, I, I don't know. I don't know what's next. Yeah. Right. But that's okay. Yeah. What a beautiful it's place. It's a good place. Yeah. 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 Transition times are so beautiful. I always, yeah. Whenever I think of somebody um, kind of in the waiting of a transition, I always go back to um, when I was pregnant with my first daughter, single, terrified, two weeks overdue. <laughs> two weeks miserably pregnant and overdue and it was leading up to Christmas time and I just remember the Lord whispering the waiting times are the learning times Mm, yeah that there's so much that he wants to show us in times of waiting and in times of transition yeah Mm -hmm. and in that tension of what was and what's to come and not knowing um but it's such it is such a beautiful time yeah it's good and and part of me like feels like, in a sense, I'm waiting because there are longings of my heart that are unmet. Sure. Mm-hmm. But I also, I, I feel like I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing right now. I don't know where it's headed, mm-hmm. but I feel like I'm in the right place in this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with you know this podcast yeah. has been such a special time of growth for me mm-hmm. and like learning to speak. There was a while there where I just kind of felt like I don't, I don't have anything to say. Like I talk a lot, but I'm not really saying much. Um, and just being able to find what it is that God is giving me mm-hmm. 
that might be able to be used for his kingdom. Right. It's such, it is so incredible to watch you sit with open hands in this season. It's so, so, so beautiful. Tia McNelly here. You may know that I spent years as a labor and delivery nurse coaching parents through the birth process. I nurtured them through the scary and joyful moments of walking, waiting, and working harder than they'd ever imagined, and then finally watching as the precious thing they'd conceived came to life in the outside world. Though I'm no longer working as a nurse in the hospital, it's my great joy to continue coaching people, but instead of babies, I'm helping people just like you birth their dreams. Do you feel like there's something growing inside of you and you can't quite picture it, but you already love it? Like you might just burst at any moment? Are you both exhilarated and terrified to think of what it would be like to have this thing out of you and in the world? If you know that God is calling you to start working on your dream and you have no idea where to begin, I can help. Let's do something great. Visit tiamcnelly.com coaching to learn more or email hello at tiamcnelly.com to get started today. One thing we missed, I wanted I wanted to pause and go backwards because I skipped about 30 years. Right. We jumped right, <laughs> but that's cool that's because okay. this is a passionate, exciting time in your life. Yeah. But I just want our listeners to have kind of as we do this this series, this once a month series of interviewing each of the three of us. Mm-hmm. Um what where were the beginnings of your relationship with Jesus? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like I said, I grew up in a I went to a Christian church. Uh, yeah, Christian church, uh, Christian school. My parents were Christians. Everyone in my world growing up was essentially Christian. Um, and then halfway through seventh grade, we moved to Kentucky for my dad's job. And I started going to a public school. And that was the first time in my life where I realized not everyone in the world is a Christian. Hmm. Um, but that was also the time my neighbor who lived right across the street, her name is Kelsey, and she lived out her faith like no one I had ever seen in my life. Because all the kids I went to school with at my Christian school, we all assumed everyone was Christians. And so, yeah, we, we talked about it in Bible class. But beyond that, we didn't have to talk about it. It was just like assumed. And she talked about it. Like she was passionate. And I started going to youth group with her. And she lived it out. And she wasn't ashamed And that is when I really had to make my faith my own. It was like, okay, I actually have a choice here. I'm surrounded now by people who aren't Christians. Uh, And so that's when it became my own. Um, And then it continued to, I was very involved in youth group in high school and had really influential people that God just positioned in my life. And I just see his protection in so many ways because, you know, going back to what I was saying before about wanting to be needed along with that goes a lot of like wanting to please people. Yeah, right. And so I think as a young Christian, especially in high school, you know, you would hear of, especially, you know, everybody's dating and girls are starting to do things. And I think I would have been very easily pulled into yeah. that world. But I started dating a guy from my youth group and he was so respectful and wise. And just this I feel like God like dropped him in my life, even though, you know, he wasn't ultimately my husband. He was like this hedge of protection Mm. to keep me grounded. And so like I wouldn't make these choices that I might one day regret at a time when I'm confident I would have. Like 
it seems like that was sort of the training ground for the way that you would continue to live live out your your dating life really yeah mm-hmm. yeah I mean I'm very thankful for that time yeah um, and then we moved back to Michigan and I ended up going to a Christian university Cornerstone University and um, from you know from then I went on to Mexico like I've like I've said, so we're pretty much caught up. Okay, good. Um, Just wanted to make sure we didn't miss all that good stuff. Yeah, but through all of that, you know, beginnings in Christian school, church my whole life, Christian college where I took Bible classes, it's like I had so much head knowledge of the Bible, but the deeper I went, the more I realized, like, it doesn't matter how long you're in this, you are a beginner. Mm-hmm. Like, because the more you know, the realize you, the more you realize what you don't know. Yes. And there was one night when I was in Mexico and I, I was doing my listening prayer. Um, and it was the first time I felt like God gave me a vision. And I've only had a few in my life. And this was the first one. And I was just sitting on my bed in my room, which had no windows. It was just a cement block. So great for napping any time of the day or night. So it's pitch black. Um, but I was sitting there and all of a sudden I could see myself um, swimming down this underwater tunnel. It was like, you know, a rock tunnel. And I was swimming and swimming, but it was this effortless swim. Like I was being propelled down deeper and deeper and deeper. And it just went on and on and on and on and on. And um, I, I felt the Lord say, this is how deep my mysteries go. Wow. And wait till you see what's on the other side. Mm. And that was just so sweet. And like, you know, that was a decade ago now. And Mm. I still can picture that swim. And anytime I start to feel like, you know, I open my Bible, it's like, I I feel discouraged or I don't know what's, you know, I just feel like God really uninspired. uninspired or, or, yeah, it's, it's that reminder of like, no, look at how deep my mysteries go. You have no idea. Mm-hmm. Keep going, keep going. Because there's always more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always more to learn. So it's cool that you just shared that because I was going to ask you just about how in the times that you've said yes with the Lord, like has it surprised you the doors that he's opened or the opportunities that he's given you? Oh, yeah. Like, you just talking about there's always more. and. Yeah. And him telling you that, and then as you've said yes to things, like how has he surprised you? Well, I think one of the ways is through, you know, I have my little hand lettering side business, one of my side hustles. And that started as a way of me just reclaiming my creativity because it was something that was so essential to who I was growing up you know, high school, even college. I had this, um, the little storage room in my parents' basement. It was my art space. And I had a little dresser there with all my supplies. And I would go there and I would just paint for hours and hours. And it was so life-giving. But then moving to Mexico, I didn't really have a lot of supplies. And then college was busy or, you know, reverse that. Um, But then moving to Charlotte, I completely lost it. Like Mm -hmm. just getting tied up in a social life and busy with things that I got very disconnected from it. And um, I actually dated a guy who was very in touch with his artistic side. And that was a huge inspiration to me. And like he kind of inspired me to reconnect with that. And so mm-hmm. out of that, I just started just started writing and lettering and was like, oh, maybe people want to buy it. And it was just like this snowball effect, one thing after another. And all of a sudden, it's like two and a half years later. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, the money from that has been able to be such a blessing and allow me to buy my condo and live by myself and, Mm -hmm. you know, chase after some of these other dreams that God's given me. Mm -hmm. And your, your lettering was the connecting point for Collected, which has then, then sort of propelled you into recognizing that you have a voice and a platform and a message. and you should creativity. Yeah. You should check her, her, um, just her creations. Like yeah. That she her Etsy created, shop. Her Etsy shop out because her, um, her artwork is really beautiful. So thank you. Yeah. Um, I know we're coming close to our time, but I'll, and I also just commandeered this interview, but I have, um, <laughs> fine by me. That was amazing. <laughs> um, I, okay. I have, one thing I have to share because I feel like this is for someone and it's something I got last night. I went to this worship event at my church and um, we were singing about the heavens opening up. What's that song? Open up the heavens. I want to see you. Mm. It's so good. But we were singing that and I just had this picture of the heavens opening up and over the past few years, I've had a lot of very close friends lose their dads suddenly and we were singing that song, and as the heavens opened up, um, first I saw my grandpa, mm-hmm. and then I saw all the dads. Wow! And they were all there, and they were like they they were rooting on their daughters, mm-hmm. and that's the thing I kept getting in my mind: the daddies are rooting on their daughters, mm-hmm. and behind them was God, and it's like He is the dad, regardless wow. of of who your father is on earth or or the relationship you have or if he's passed away like I just kept getting this word of the the dads are rooting on their daughters the dad the father the heavenly father is rooting on his daughter and something about that mm-hmm. I got that and and first I, I told it to my mom because it was very special that I saw her dad you know my oh, grandpa yeah. who's passed away but as I was telling her, I, I also felt very strongly that someone needs to hear that. Yeah. That your heavenly father is rooting for you and he sees you and he knows the struggle you're in and he cares. Yeah. And he sees you with all his power and all the strength of all the daddies in heaven. <laughs> um, but not that he needs it. But. I don't know. So I just, I just wanted to make sure I got that in. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Good. Um, because it, it was a, a very special mm-hmm. picture to see. Well, yeah. I think I think that that I mean I just think of like the cloud of witnesses, you know, that mm-hmm. talks about in the New Testament, and that's like it's a crazy, I I don't know concept or just the thought of the cloud of witnesses, like they're you know fathers are watching. Yeah. Like they're, you know, they're cheering us on or but not watching in that like watching. I'm watching you. It's no. like I'm I'm rooting, rooting for you. you. I'm yeah. here for you. I Yeah. You've yep. got this. Like yeah. press on. Yeah. Yep. Um love that. How awesome that the Lord gave you that and I mean you had that growing up, but mm-hmm. through your your journey, um I just know that part of what the Lord's been doing is he's been identifying how he sees you and mm-hmm. not just how like your dad or your mom or other people see you, but how he sees yes. you yeah. and you are learning to operate from that place and yeah. greater freedom. Yes. So as you've, you've grown and being rooted, mm-hmm. like if you think of a tree, the roots like 
when a tree's rooted and it's got good soil and all that, like it's going to be incredible and it's going to produce great fruit and it's going to thrive. And Mm -hmm. so that's, I just love that. Like as the Lord's working that out in you, he has, he's also saying, Hey Jess, speak into those that I want to do that in as well, either for the first time or I want to refine that in them. That's amazing. Thank you. Just as we close, I just want to ask our listeners to pray for you. So Collective Podcast listeners, um, if you can hear my voice, I'm just asking you to pray for Jess in this this time of expectancy, mm-hmm. this time of transition, the time of what w- between what was and what's to come, um, and give her some encouragement. Mm-hmm. Comment, send her a note, oh, buy something from Spreza Foundry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do do whatever you can. Whether Use that's- coupon code podcast for ten percent off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, just. Uh, Give Jess some encouragement, mm-hmm. even if it's just in your prayers this week. So, yeah. thanks, Jess, guys. thanks so much for sharing with us. I know oh, we'll get to hear fun. more and more and more of your story as we continue on in this journey. I know you have to. It's my podcast. Oh, hey. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> because she actually like jumped in on the interview. Is like I'm gonna take. I'm here's just, what I'm gonna say, guys. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna say. It was good. Oh, good work, Jess. I oh, love you guys. Jess, you did great. Oh, thanks, guys. That's me. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite part was when you commandeered the interview. (laughs) I know. I was like, I'm going to just talk for 30 minutes straight. Please don't interrupt me. (laughs) But But I love it. Yeah. That's like, well, you said you only shared two points, but there was so much much. in what you shared. And even though you may not have covered everything that you wrote down or prepared for, um, there was so much goodness mm-hmm. and um, vulnerability in what you shared. Thank you. And, yes. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. And I was so grateful that you um, you were vulnerable. Um, I think sometimes we can just kind of stay on the surface. Stay on the surface, yeah. and you know, um, like you shared in your twenties, you you learned so much in that time about being in the external, if you will. Mm-hmm. Not that you weren't in the internal, but like. Um, doing oh, no, so much I for <laughs> you. Yeah, no, I wasn't. But I think that um, to me, that's something that really stuck out in your interview. And I've known you for some time now that, yeah. you know, like there's great depth to who you are. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. But it's not as, I mean, I've known you for a very long time and mm-hmm. it's not as if there wasn't great depth right. to who you were before. Right. But what I've seen in you over the last few years is just coming into your own, getting comfortable mm-hmm. in your own skin and confident in the you that God made you to be. And it's yep. incredible to see. And it's been, it's hard work. It is hard work. I've had to put in a lot of work. Yeah. But I feel like I'm seeing the fruit of it. Yeah. And becoming healthier and healthier. For sure. Yeah. And, and a lot good. of that work was done through the lens of the Enneagram. And I know you it wanted was. to mention some resources. I wanted to give a couple tools in case your interest was sparked and you haven't dug into the Enneagram. Um, there is, oh, my favorite book is The Sacred Enneagram by Chris Hewitts, but it is a very, very mm. deep dive. That's, yeah. So if you're just getting into it, I would recommend The Road Back to You For by sure. Ian Cron and Suzanne Stabile, and we'll link to mm-hmm. all of these. Yep. Um, and that gives a good overview of the nine numbers and how they connect and things like that. Um, the, the tests are a pretty big buzz right now. Yeah. If you are, are set on taking a test, 
I recommend that as a starting point because the results are very confusing. Yep. It'll just mm-hmm. rank the numbers. Yep. And so people will be like, oh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm an eight and a two. Well, that's not a good example because eight and two share a line. See, like, that's where it gets confusing. It gets very confusing. So you really, you, you will identify most with one number. So whatever I would recommend, if you take a test, the top three numbers you're ranked as, have that be your starting point. Study those numbers. Of yeah. where you start in yeah. your study. Yep. Because the Enneagram is not a table trick. It's not Mm-mm. like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm the helper. I'm the investigator. If it is going to transform your life, you have to put in the time and yeah. dig in. And it's going to show you things about yourself that make you cringe. Super yeah. uncomfortable. And that's when you know you've actually found your number. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, I resisted my freedom like <laughs> I did not want to be a three yeah I read about the three and I was like I do not even like the people mm-hmm. that are threes <laughs> like mm-hmm. those are not my people yeah. and the more I studied and the more I learned about motives and childhood wounds and all the things that that um are explored within studying in the Enneagram the more I started to realize actually I am a three yeah mm-hmm. and it's amazing yeah and the way that God created me um, to behave and interact mm-hmm. with the world around me as a three, um, just identifying that stuff has been super freeing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, you guys should definitely dig in. Yeah. Let us know if you have questions. As I well. know. I was just gonna say that. Like, give us a shout and let us know like what your questions are regarding mm-hmm. the Enneagram because yeah. T and Jess are definitely I feel like pros at that. Um, <laughs> I don't know those about questions. All that. Maybe not pros, but we but, do have um, a pro on tap coming on we, the show so stay tuned for that too. yes somebody mm-hmm. who has studied under mm-hmm. Suzanne Stabile yep. that's all the teaser yeah. I'm gonna give you I'm excited oh, for that I'm so yes. excited <laughs> big things in 2019 yep, yep. anyway Jess thanks so much yeah, for you're sharing your heart with us love, love you thank you for listening to the collected podcast Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you would spread the word. You can follow Collected on social media at Collected Workshops. You can also find Tia at Tia McNelly Notes and Jess at Spreza Foundry. Check back for weekly episodes dropping every Thursday.